I flipped the envelope over, rechecking the address in Dharamshala, making sure I had it right, but of course I did. How many letters over how many weeks and months and years had I mailed to my friends in just this way? The original postmark was still there, stamped and dated almost three months earlier. Yeshe's and Lobsong's names were X'd out. Return to Cinder blared across the envelope in black ink, with a slash of arrow pointing to my Topanga Canyon address. I recognized the handwriting. I had grown up with it. The jagged letters gouged into small index cards, summoning me to the monastery headquarters once or twice a week, so that my father, or should I say my father, the senior abbot, could chastise me for yet another infraction. His stiff, angry scrawl was permanently etched in my brain. I would know it anywhere. Raw pain flared, deep within my solar plexus. From across the ocean, my father had hurled yet another judgmental spear. And once again, he had hit his mark. I refolded the letter and slipped it back inside its paper pocket. A low sigh escaped, originating deep in my chest. Now that I knew Yeshe and Lobsong hadn't received my latest letter, I felt a little lonelier than before. Nothing had changed, yet everything felt different. The sweet feeling of clarity I had been savoring, the one that often lingers after a deep afternoon meditation was clouded now by a sense of loss. I allowed it in. In the distance, the ocean was quiet and majestic, the lights of distant boats just beginning to twinkle in the fading dusk. I took a sip of green tea. It had cooled in its cup as I sifted through my mail, turning tepid as I mulled over this unexpectedly returned letter. Marvin Rudolph and his daughter Harper. What a pair. I felt my lips purse with taut disapproval, and I forced myself to relax into a half-smile. Whenever my mouth tightens in judgment like that, I look a lot like my father. That tells me I'm thinking like him, too. I tried to recall the case. After half a year, it had turned somewhat tepid in my mind as well. I closed my eyes and opened my other senses. Sometimes I have to let them do the remembering for me. An acrid scent filled my nostrils. Bad breath and potholes. That's how it started. Find her. She's just a kid. Marvin Rudolph leaned close, wheezing from the effort of walking the ten yards from his car to my living room. I wanted to recoil from the fetid combination of sushi and cigar smoke. My eighteen-pound Persian housemaid, Tank, darted under the couch, probably for the same reason. Don't you mean, find her again? Whatever. Marv had already filled me in on his elusive daughter, Harper, at sixteen a newly converted connoisseur of the seedy and the derelict. Six months earlier, she'd made her first escape, bolting the family mansion to savor the dark side, in this case, Adams Boulevard, near Skid Row. He'd discovered his daughter hunkered in a downtown loft with a drug dealer by the name of Bronco. Marv handed over a photograph of Harper. I studied it. She must have gotten her looks from her mother. Dark, wavy hair framed a heart-shaped face dominated by huge gray eyes. How did you know where to find her? Marv settled back in his chair. His long-sleeved black linen shirt, one size too small, encased a belly that billowed over his jeans. 
He was close to 70, but he dressed much younger.